Hello, Winternet. This is Ewan Spence and here's the Insight Calling. Congratulations. Coming up, it's a bit of poppet on a string, a dash of congratulations, and maybe even some football from the Bay City Rollers. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Yes, United Kingdom is entering Junior Eurovision. We'll get to that at some point in the podcast, but there's a whole bundle of stuff and links and everything for you to look at on our website, www.eseinsight.com. And when we get around to doing the fortnightly news, we'll have much more information, not just of the entry from the BBC, but from all the other countries that are popping up at Junior Eurovision as well. Right now, I'm getting close to the end of covering the Edinburgh Festival Fringe with myself and Finn Ross Russell, all doing daily podcasts and interviews and such like. Five years ago, I got the chance to interview Bill Martin, the songwriter behind Puppet on a String and Congratulations and many, many other songs as well outside of the Eurovision Song Contest. He was up to promote his new book, Congratulations, Songwriter to the Stars. Uh, Bill Martin's no longer with us, but his interview goes into his career. He talks about uh, his early start in songwriting, how he approached those songs from the Eurovision Song Contest, where his career went after that, uh, and lots of points in between as well. The songwriting side of the song contest doesn't always fully get the spotlight. So this is a chance to shine the spotlight, not just onto the songwriter, but also to the United Kingdom many, many decades ago at the song contest. There's sure to be many, many retrospectives as well over the next couple of months. And we get into the 2023 season and rolling up to the United Kingdom's hosting uh, on behalf of Ukraine. So why not get started early? Let's go over to myself five years ago with Bill Martin. A songwriter by trade. By having sat through your show at the Fringe, and that makes it sound like an ordeal. It's not. It's a delightful show. You always say that you're a songwriter, but you're also a lucky songwriter. Well, I believe that the world goes around in four-letter words. Need, want, work, beer. Think about it, and without even swear words. But the most important thing you need in life is luck, and you certainly need it as a songwriter. I had great determination and devotion and determination, but you need luck, and that's the important thing. And I get very lucky uh, in my songs that when I started. I didn't care. As long as I get my name in the little parenthesis to write the song, and I started with The Bachelors. The Bachelors were um, Charmaine, I Wouldn't Trade You For The World, around about then, 63, 64, and I wrote the B-sides. We used to get the same money as the A-sides. And that drove A-side, B-side, kids, look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> it wasn't just a record in those days. You had, you had to get two sides. And uh, it was magic. And to make the grades, eventually was a thrill because I always wanted to be a songwriter. I mean, there was never any second option. You didn't train for another career. It was no, no. Always... When, when I was born in Govan shipyards and went to the shipyards with Billy Conley and Alex Ferguson, I went there doing this, and you couldn't tell anybody you wrote songs in Govan. And the only three ways out of it were to play, be a footballer, to go into the, the arts or to go into the forces like the army and the navy 
And Lennon, John Lennon, was the last call-up, and they went to Germany so that John didn't go to the army. And I went to South Africa. And whenever I was in South Africa, I played for Johannesburg Rangers. And whenever my father asked who I played for, he said the Rangers. Nobody ever checked. <laughs> and uh, it was a joke. All I wanted to be was a songwriter. And then I got a song accepted by Adam Faith, and I saved the money and went back. And uh, I'm here ever since. It's back from South Africa. Yeah. It was a magic time. Which song was it? It was so long ago. Wait a minute, hold on. It was called That's the Only Way by Adam Faith. Adam recorded it, but they never released it. But it gave me the inspiration to come back. That, but that was my opening to get into the music business. And it really worked. It really opened the doors. And I realised what you needed was... you had What people don't realise, you have to be industrious to work at it. So we're talking 30, 45 years now? 50? Not more than that, yeah. And so a thousand songs, so even the basic rough math, that's, that's a lot of words. Well, I used to write seven songs a day, but I've obviously got a bulk of songs that make a lot of money, and that's the difference. from a wonderful life lived um, and they're, they're now in print as well as being oh, on stage I'm at the Fringe it. as well let's do the classic chat show have we got the book here? the book there is we here go. Uh, congratulations by Bill Martin's songwriter to the stars I got most of the words and, most oh, of them and I've written for if you think if you've written for Elvis for Cliff for Sandy there's so many I can't even remember all the people that I've written for the Dubliners I've written so, so many people I've written songs for Van Morrison who is a giant Cliff Richard um, so many great talented people and the thrill is putting words in their mouths but he, he, here's the thing that gets me you say songwriter to the stars but all of these people know you all these people know your work surely you're a star as well oh I never think I'm a star I'm, I'm a I'm a born after dinner speaker and I go round the world on cruise ships and I decided to do the Edinburgh Festival because for one experience I wanted to do it because I'm launching my book Bill Martin's Songwriter of the Stars and uh, I go round the world and I thought I've got to do this and I know that the song stories are great and people love them and the fact is that I played audiences that remember my songs. It was takes them back. Let's, 
let's move on to Eurovision now, um, which is where many of our listeners uh, will recognise your name. Obviously, um, UK fans will know you as the first songwriting team to bring home the trophy to the United Kingdom, Sandy yes, Shaw, Puppet on a String. But, but you were in Eurovision before that, and you were Eurovision winner before that. Well, I, I went across... It's a publisher says to me, there's a guy called Serge Gainsbourg, writes songs... And I went to see him, he was a Frenchman. And he always had the, that French cigarette, or gold was, or whatever it is, sticking out his mouth. And the first time I met him was in a club. And draped all over him was this beautiful girl. Her name was Bridget Bardot. So he says, I have a whole your mind and write this song. And so he gave me the melody. Remember, he had just done Je Tem. And he was classic guy, but he was, oh, Jesus. So I took the melody, and it was all right, but what gave me some inspiration was the little guy that, girl that sang it was called Franz Gaul, G-A-L-L. -L. Her hair was like okay, Marie Mathieu, and Sandy Shaw eventually had this hairstyle, longer, just a bit longer, and I wrote, it was called A Lonely Singing Doll in English. So I was in the Eurovision, and I always wanted to win the Eurovision since 1958 when I heard a song. Cliff had come out with a living, living doll, and I didn't realise these things. They have a way of merging together. In this living doll, this song came out, and it wasn't sec it wasn't second, it wasn't last, but it was in the middle, and I thought. If this song can win, not win the Eurovision, I've got to have a chance. And the song was Volari. And if you had a pound for every time Volari was played, you'd be a multi-millionaire. So I said to Phil, when we're entering the Eurovision, we must write a song with a long note. He says, I don't know what you mean. I says, like, Volari. He says, we'll get sued. I says, no, they stole it from Oklahoma. Where the he says, so that's why we have, I wonder, it would, same idea, terrific idea. And I did the slowdown part when it came, came to the bit in, the, in congratulations. But and Puppet was so different, so different, that you got to remember, A Wider Shade of Pale was out. Sergeant Peppers you go to San Francisco flowers on your hair older people couldn't go into the record stores to buy records because they felt embarrassed the minute Puppet came out that's why it sold millions of records older people from Inverness to Aberdeen from Grimsby to Halifax from Devon to London could go in and buy Puppet on a String That's why it sold millions. They didn't, they didn't care about 
puppet on a string. They didn't care about a wider shade of pale or Rolling Stones satisfaction or Sergeant Pepper. They weren't in that league. And it was like a salmon going up the way puppet. And that's why it was so original. So you have Papa on a string. You have you have the prize. The Cottons have got to then buy out the Albert Hall to put Eurovision on in the next year, and I'm sure they're glad for that. And so you sit down and... I mean, was it a case of you wanted to try and defend it? You wanted to do it again? No. Why did you decide to we, go back after winning? We went out on the rabble, drinking and being playboys. It's you and Phil. Phil Coulter and I. And... Uh, the old publisher eventually said, are you boys going to write another song? I said, of course we will. He says, Cliff's doing the Eurovision. So I like alliterations. And I came up with the idea, you've never heard this song. I can't even remember it. It was called My Magic Music Box. Spent a fortune on it. Went to the old publisher and he says, I could tell when he gave you money. He looked like Winston Churchill. And he came from behind the desk and he went, you boys, you boys. And he hugged you. And I thought, this is five grand coming up here. And he went, I'm sure you've got something better in you. So I thought, oh, bollock. Phil went to the a wee wash hand basin and piano that we had in an office. I went to the pub, which I usually do. I couldn't think of anything. I came in the following morning and he had written, I think I'd love you. I think I love you. I think the world is fine if you will say you're mine. That was all. So he says, what do you think, fellow morning? I says, piece of rubbish. He said, what do you mean? I says, you don't walk up to somebody and say, I think I love you. You actually walk up and say, I love you, or I don't love you. Well, he says, well, help it. I says, well, it's five syllables. Why don't we call it congratulations? And celebrate. What just literally pulled out of the air? Yes. And that's all I wrote. And then. <laughs> Three I, words. Three, that's all you need. And then I did the, the, the slowdown part because I went, my lord, remember my lord, dun, 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 let the V on rose. We go, dun, 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 dun. So you slow it down. So that's when we got to Cliff Richard doing it. They went, con, grand, the Europeans love that. So just that little bit of sort of Bavarian so and German and Zen. my contribution made magic. It was there, but you needed, instead of I think I love you, congratulations and celebrations. That was it. Congratulations and jubilations I want the world to know I'm happy as can be I want the world to know I'm happy as can be 
that has now been played outside Buckingham Palace for the Queen Mother's 100th birthday, Cliff at the Diamond Jubilee, Cliff at Wimbledon. I mean, Bruce Welsh, who came up to see my show of The Shadows, I always say that if you're walking down the street in Edinburgh and you asked anybody to name the biggest songs of Cliff Richard, they'd come up with two. They'd either say, congratulations, or summer holiday. And Bruce wrote Summer Holiday. And Bruce eventually got to Eurovision as well in seventy. at some point later on. Let me be the one he did. and Never let the shadows sing on stage. It's the only thing you need to know about Let Me Be The One. And what? No, what had happened was, Bruce is a perfectionist, and he tunes the guitar for hours, and they were on. Now, if you watch it again, the Eurovision, Bruce was worried about the opening, and he went, let me be the one to touch you and then he misses something and he went I told you this would happen he actually says it he blew the song Hank's playing away Brian's playing away and he actually went I told you that would happen tonight 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 you tonight Let me be the one who literally holds you tight I knew it I'll even bring along a magic moon just to make you feel alright So let me be the one who's loving you tonight The Shadows finished second in that one yeah. Cliff finished second as well Teaching of course the one, the one, I think. Teaching took it in that year as well Yeah. So um still not finished with Eurovision though because then we go to Ireland and it's a case of you're ready to line up your second victory because well we weren't allowed to write for for Irish for Ireland because we were there but we really it was did. because it was an interesting type no, but we did write it and although the, the, there's two guys their names on it it was really Phil wrote this song in a way, I helped, but Phil really wrote it, and we put these boys. I've got the the lyric or whatever, but it was all kinds of everything. And I knew I've got a good nose for songs that it would win. And my hero was a guy called Mickey Most, who was a record producer, record owner, and he was the equivalent of Don Kushner in America, who found. Sadaka and Greenfield and Goffin and King, all these great songwriters. And I sold it to Mickey. And he, I went along to sell him it. And he said, piece of rubbish, because he had a song in there called Jack in the Box or some, some <laughs> piece of rubbish. And uh, when we won it, Mickey nearly died. So at the end of it, the Irish crowd wanted us to go out for a celebration. Now, I've got a partner who was a, I had a partner who was an Irish guy and I'd seen this guy who did come second last in the Eurovision that year 1970 second last and I saw him and he, I saw him putting on a scarf to this day in the winter I do exactly the same I have a long black knitted scarf I look nothing like him but I've got the white hair and all that and the black coat I always wear black and I says I'm going out with that crowd and it was the Spanish delegation 
And the guy who came second last was Julio Iglesias. And what a night I had with him. Women were falling all over him. And he's become a friend of mine ever since. And he always said, are you going out tonight? I says, only with you. He says, I'm married with 100 kids. <laughs> he was a boy. It was a magic moment when that was a magic moment. Because it was, again, a salmon going the wrong way. All kinds of everything was nothing to do with the 70s. You know, all kinds. It was like Rogers at Howardstown. It really was. But I've got this strange nose that can find songs that make it happen. I don't know why. bring it right up to date because um, I mean there's lots of there we could talk about Johnny Logan which yeah. just, no, there's a point up. tell us something we don't know of. Johnny Logan well I nearly bought I had the rights to buy um, What's Another Year I thought it was fabulous I didn't buy it because I thought I'm getting close to being associated too much with the Eurovision I think he's a great voice I think Johnny's got a great voice I'm glad he he's getting the reputation of being Mr Eurovision because Phil and I didn't want to be Mr and Mrs Eurovision I mean that would have been Morris with the hundred kids that we have got so we couldn't do that I think he's talented but he's not talented enough to make it in the big arena if he didn't make it what's another year he, he, you've got to get that extra mile see Julio went that extra mile even although he went second last or whatever songs are easy selling the songs the hardest thing I have a song at the moment which is a killer Angel on My Shoulder it's a killer I mean you get that desperate I might give it to Engelbert I'm going out to Big Beverly Hills no it's a killer song my song with Celine Dion I've got coming up will break your heart it will break your heart and the rollers asked me to write a song last year and I was coming up the train to Edinburgh and I suddenly wrote a song and then I phoned up their so called producer who said could you tell me what you've written and I just put the phone down I thought I don't audition for people if he doesn't know who I am so I phoned a great little band I like it's called The Proclaimers and this song is, a, is so I loved it when they went I do walk 500 miles well I've got a song which is better just as good I could do it now it's just crazy we will keep a hold we can keep, keep a hold of that through we all know those are coming up it's still working it's still writing still working. but the question that I know many of my listeners are thinking if you've got all these killer songs there's this thing called Eurovision still going on in Portugal. Would you take another swing at the contest? Well, do you know that I'm going down to Portugal because 
Do you realise how the Portuguese revolution happened? The revolution started when the Portuguese singer came on in 1974 and the troops all moved into the radio, television, army barracks, took over the place. The signal was the start of the song because they knew everybody would be able to hear it. And it was a quiet revolution. And I was delighted when Portugal won it because... They have never won it. They've been in it loyally for so many years. And I personally thought it was a great song. When you as a songwriter, you're the first time you heard Amar Pellis Doyce. Yeah. What do you what did, what did you think as a songwriter hearing that and seeing the performance? I thought it was great, but I thought that he wouldn't make it because he's it wouldn't be interna- international enough. But it was a wonderful song. I'd love to have written an English lyric to it. That's what it needs. I don't know if it's been done, but that's what it needs. I think it might inspire them to do other things. I've been invited to the Eurovision party in Portugal because I've had a house there for 45 years. Is all that happens in September? Yes. Yeah. I've had a house there in 45 years. And uh, you follow Portuguese, no fash mouse, and you can bella branco. I am Senor Cabello Branco, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And strangely enough, you won't believe it, lots of big stars are going to Portugal now to perform. And one girl singer that I really think's great, people knock her and everyone else because she's eccentric. And who isn't and all these stars? But she's a great voice, is Lady Gaga. She's got a phenomenal voice. And she's become huge in Portugal for some reason. I don't know why, but she's got a great voice. And I would love to see this being a springboard for Portugal. And I'd love to see it being a springboard for the rest of the Eurovision. Not only have you got ABBA, bigger than the Beatles practically in the money that they've made. Not only have you got Papa, congratulations, save your kisses, uh, all kinds of everything. Volari, great songs. You have the biggest interval act in television ever in the history of the world. And three people became billionaires, not millionaires. And that was Riverdance, Michael Flatley. Now, where are you going to get that in television? Only at the Eurovision. Because it's unique. It was unique. And when Flatley came out there, at first you thought, He's a bit overweight. And then the girl came out, and then you thought, oh, no, they can dance. And then when the whole tribe came out dancing, it was electrifying. You can only get that from something like the Eurovision because the people who sponsor the Eurovision have to have an interval act, and they put up the money, 
and it was sensational. And that's what I love about the Eurovision. It was, it, it's the biggest extravaganza, visual extravaganza ever. It's the biggest party. And if the BBC did get rid of it, Rupert Murdoch would buy it. And every time you see a little town, this is Dubrovnik or something, he'd have an advert there. He won't give it up. He's desperate to buy the Eurovision. I, I'm pretty sure, knowing the team at the BBC, they're not giving it up. But, <laughs> but Bill, have you got a little three-minute song hiding in the cupboard that we can send to the BBC? Of course I've got a song. I've got a massive song that would be a winner. But you see, it's not about that. It's about selling it. Doing you, yes, it's very nice nurturing new talent. But the reason why American television and radios are a great success, they diversify. They still play Elvis and Fats Domino and everything else. They don't. That's, that's the difference. In the Eurovision, they wouldn't back it because they have this nose in the air thing. Oh, it's a spot. Let's do it. And I can't even remember what last year's Eurovision entry was, but it was hardly played in the BBC. Hardly played. And that's why... We're in a predicament that you won't have it. I could do it tomorrow. Easily put a package together. Easily. I'd love it. I think it's great. I think it's... I think Terry Wogan was with the most wonderful voice, wonderful voice, but bad for the Eurovision because he treated it like a joke. And the BBC loved that. They loved the fact that he hammed it up. Graham Norton's going, not as bad, but he's going down that route. I'm sorry. And you cannot, this, if you take what I've said about what's come out of the Eurovision, there's nothing but classics. And if you forget my puppet, congratulations. One pound every time you've heard Vo Larry, you're so wealthy. If you owned a piece of Riverdance, you are seriously rich. And that's, if you had one song from ABBA, Dancing Queen, you'd be like, I couldn't care less, I'm in the Bahamas. That's the Eurovision. Biggest stage on the planet. <coughs> if Scotland ever get there, would you write the first Scottish entry? I certainly would, as long as Alex Simon is singing it. Oh no, I've even seen him attempt to do I Am Jolly. We're not having Simon do it. He's, he's, he's performing at the Edinburgh Festival. Anybody can perform, you just give them the money. It doesn't mean you're any good. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's funny. You couldn't, you can't differentiate by nationalities. It'd be a case of just putting the package together, which would be right. Uh, Bill, it's a delight to talk to you. Uh, the show itself, uh, the stories behind the song, is playing at the Edinburgh Fringe through until the, at the dome. At the dome, through until the twenty seventh. To the twenty seventh of August, and it starts at eight fifteen every night except a Monday. And for those of us not at the fringe or want to know more, the book will be out by the end of August. The book will be out at the end of August, and it's congratulations, songwriter to the stars. Bill, uh, you're also online, BillMartinSongwriter.com. We'll have a link back to that on our website. It's been a pleasure and an honour. Thank you very much, Well, you and it's been a pleasure and an honour for me. I mean, really, you know how to interview, and it's been a good laugh, and I wish you every success in your career, 
and you are one person I will not put forward to sing for the Eurovision Song Contest. My wife will be ever so happy. <laughs> for the record, though, I will be in the commentary booth. And there we are, Bill Martin from our interview held back with him in 2017. The book is still available. You find that on Amazon. Congratulations, songwriters, the stars, uh, and a huge, huge bundle of anecdotes and pictures and everything in that book as well. So, uh, Inside Podcast, we'll be back next week with our fortnightly news pod. Uh, yes, there's Junior Eurovision news, but there's a whole bundle of other stuff as well. Submissions are opening uh, off another other countries and everything, and we will catch you up with all of that next week in the meantime our socials will pick up as much as possible uh, and of course you can always head to the website www.escinsight.com i'm ewan spence everybody stay safe out there catch you next week cue the guitars the ACS insight podcast was introduced by ewan spence with thanks uh, to ewan spence and bill martin from many many years ago www.escinsight.com and support us on patreon.com slash escinsight Thank you.